<laughs> and we're no, live. Listen, now, now, I, now I need to know, are you a black activist or not? And on record. On record. On record. <laughs> Unless I'm going to Melissa tells me she's actually a black activist. Are you a black activist? I feel like either way, I'm going to get shit on, so I don't know how to respond for that. I want to say yes. It's a babe song. Hey guys, welcome to the BET podcast. I am your host, Ollie. Tonight on the show, we have Jomer Patrick from Secret Lives. What's up? Thanks for having me. Absolutely, sir. We have co-host Melissa. What's going on? Nothing much. How are you? I'm all been better. Hey, James, how you doing tonight? Everyone who and relax with me. No, <laughs> yes. Tony, what's going on? I'm just, I'm just chilling. Just chilling. You're just, just stealing off of James now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm Ollie, and it's the first week that I've been on because everything sucks. But not tonight. <laughs> we have some like sick background noise too. Anyway, so we start off the show by asking everybody how their day was. So we're gonna start with, um, eating Tony. There you go. Oh, okay. Hey. Um, this semester is kicking my ass, so today was really busy. I think I maybe had like 30 minutes of downtime since like 11 a.m., so I'm running on fumes. Nice. Sick. I hate school. <laughs> so I, <laughs> well, how about we tell the viewers at home what you're going to school for? Let's drop that knowledge real quick. All right, well, I'm going to college for broadcast journalism. Um, I want to be on the radio. I have a radio show. I actually have two of them. Um, they broadcast every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. They're really awesome. Um, I'm echoing so bad tonight. But um, one of them is called Tony in the Afternoon, and the other one is called The No Name Friday Show because me and my co-host are really bad at making names. All right, James, I owe you $5. I told James that it was going to be at least two weeks before you start plugging your own radio show on the podcast, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually joking. That didn't happen. But anyway, so what So what happens on, on your your um, pod, on your on radio shows? Usually I just talk about what's going on, pop culture. I try to play some good music. Normal radio stuff. Normal radio stuff. Yeah. Do you have, like, the wacky sound effects that go on in the background? Um, no, because we're very rinky-dink. We're going FM later this year, but right now we just have, like, the uh, worst equipment. FM's actually kind of a big deal. It, it is. It's very exciting. There actually, no other college in Mobile has their own radio station on FM. Well, that's nice. probably because, mmm, mmm, I stopped myself. It's radio. We're all really bad. I was just gonna gonna make a southern joke, but like I'm 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 trying to do better. I'm I'm trying to progress myself. As a no, it's okay because I make New Jersey jokes. Yeah, but Jersey is. Le hey, James. <laughs> Why can't you pump your own gas? I I don't know. I wish we could honestly, because it makes no sense. <laughs> makes no sense. I want to pump my own gas. You literally, yeah. yeah. And like I, I have to wait for the like dumpy ass kid to walk over and be like, "How much do you want?" Yeah. Like, you fucking sell like, like, it. Fill it up, man. Fill it up. Fill, I used to work at, fun fact, I used to work at the only full service station in Long Island for like a solid year, and it was fucking miserable. The kids like used to take like selfies with you and be like, oh my god, this kid's pumping my gas. He's like a servant. <laughs> that actually happened. That's yes. horrible. <laughs> 
Yeah, the that's only other notable thing that happened was I met Mick Foley at that job. No, you didn't. No, you, didn't. you met Mick Foley? Cactus Jack. Yeah, um, Dude he loves. was in the town that I Mankind. worked in, and I took a selfie with him. And Well, not a selfie, but a picture, and it's on my Facebook somewhere. And Is it that really? That's actually really that's cool. That's awesome. Like, if he was, if he was in his, like, Mankind outfit, that would actually be fucking sick. Was he wearing flannel? He was wearing a WWE windbreaker. Did he have on snake boots? No. Fuck. Did he force choke you? Th force choke. The mandible, <laughs> the mandible claw. He may have choke slams me on his car. Thank you. Thank you for, for, for saving me. I was thinking Star Wars earlier today. It's just like, did Mick Foles force choke you? He would be part of the Sith. If there, like, if there were any wrestlers that would be part of the Sith, there are like a select few that would definitely be like Sith, like Undertaker, um, Kane. Kane. Kane would actually definitely be. And then, then like we have like on the um, Jedi side, John Cena, of course. Right. Yeah. We're talking about good guys and bad guys in wrestling? Pretty, basically. Okay. Alright. It always comes back to wrestling somehow. Well, <laughs> anyway, no, I'm sorry. I owe James a day. Hey, James, how was your day? Sorry, um, before we go on any farther, because we can go on this for hours. It was pretty cool. Um, for those that don't know, I work, I'm like an elected member of my music industry club board. So I started office hours today, and two of my friends that graduated last year surprised me during them, and that was really cool. And I'm also made the decision to drop a class for the first time, just to free up my schedule. Because on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I have four 75-minute classes back to back to back to back. Ooh, that's rough. From like 10 to 4. So yeah, I'm going to drop one of the ones I don't need for my major. Yeah, know yourself. Like it's it's better to yeah. like, to line up a load zone sometimes. And other than that, today was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Nice. Just getting back so the, to the college life. College life. Yeah. The the music club though. I actually did not know that you were a part of this. Uh yeah. It's basically just like they have talked, but with the school, and it requires contracts for bands that I have to interview. It's one through WordPress we too. Professional. <laughs> it, it runs through WordPress too. That's the funny thing. And like, oh my god, that's um, fantastic! So like, everyone calls me boss man because of my last name, and it got to the point where the person that used to be the press manager, when she created my account, made my login username boss man. <laughs> so, other than that. Now, I would call you boss man, but I'm 99% sure I would be taking my people back some years if I were to. <laughs> no. so I'm not sure if, I, if I'm going to start calling you boss man. <laughs> hey, James, let's wait till you are home. For those at home, I try and get James to say the N-word about like every week. And my URL is, what is it, James? No, you don't have to. No, you have to. Pop up, nigga. Hey. Melissa, what's going on? <laughs> Nothing much. Um, this is my first year not going to school, so okay. I'm kind. I'm kind of in like this slump right now because I'm just working consistently. There's no wave of quarters or tri-quarters, not tri-quarters, but like trimesters. Yeah. So I'm a little tired. Yeah, exactly. Stop. I was um. going to say, you know what? I was like, I haven't it's been meeting to Melissa for like far too long, so I was just going to give her like a bone there. Tony just ripped yeah. it away from you. Well, you could <laughs> give her a bone, and then she'd be pregnant, and then she could keep track of time, so hey. No. Hey, and <laughs> Even that's then I still talk, everybody. Enjoy your night. <laughs> 
I'm the one that gets shit on. Um. <laughs> came one too. Oh my no. god. <laughs> Patrick, tell us. Kinky, your kinky. Name. <laughs> it was great, man. I'm happy to be here. Play drums all day. Working on some new material already. Oh, yeah. damn. Right after the album release. No, no stopping. No days yep. off. Oh. You can sleep off. when you're dead. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks well, for having me. I, I, fucking absolutely. I love how James just like you know took the reins and was just like, let's go. Um, so besides <laughs> working on the music today, what, what what else did you do today? I went to the gym. You look Lifted. small. What's that? You look small. You look small. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, got a little. Is this your first day? First day in gym ever. Yeah. <laughs> first day lifting weights. Uh, played drums a lot, took a nap, uh, just had a nice day off, relaxing, you know. Nice. Yeah. Um, now, you said day off. What do you do when you're not pumping iron and smacking drums? I work for an energy company, actually, down here in Pittsburgh. So that's my day job. Nice. Rockstar by night, I guess. Well, Ariel was a plumber, but he can shoot fire out of his hands. Didn't, oh, man, I really didn't want to start muting people. <laughs> I, do a lot of ma I do a lot of magic tricks, too, like really good at sawing people in half, uh, stuff like that. Oh, shit, okay. Like, yeah, making like birds appear out of hats and shit like that. Are you so, like Joe Bluth? I'm kind of like Chris Angel. But not as cool. You just want to like go in a bubble and stay underwater for seven days. Yeah. <laughs> I can do that. Drumming on, playing breakdowns underwater for seven days. Yes, playing wow. breakdowns underwater and then just like levitate just like up until it's just like. like I've done that. Because that's normal. That. Nice. Totally normal. Mm -hmm. Totally normal. Now to press on with the press. Oh, I worked an air show today in case anyone wants to know. Yeah, cool. Thanks. How was your day, Ollie? Yeah, no, yeah. no, whatever. No, whatever. I don't give do shit. I worked in air show and my feet are swollen and I have blisters all over them. So that's my day. So it was a bad day? That's not even a bad day. See, that's a funny thing. Oh. Get that Welcome work. to my life. I mean, Modern Baseball did drop a new song, so it's kind of gotten better. Nice. Did, 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 did anyone check that shit out? Um, no. Alright, well, you I know, you're all, kicked, you're, you're, you're all kicked, kicked off. I don't even know why I had you guys here. Um, <laughs> so before we started the show... <laughs> before we started the show, I told everybody in this group that if they're able to stump me with a Disney question, I would grant them one prize. I didn't say what the prize was, so everyone gets a prize, including Patrick. So I don't know if you guys took that seriously, but like I love a challenge because like it is day two on Quiz Up, which means that the scoreboards are taking off, and I am currently number three in New Jersey. So I'm ready for a challenge, and then we're gonna just start talking about Disney. James, I hear you click clacking to try and stump me. All right. So my question for you is, who voiced Sebastian in The Little Mermaid? You know, come on, really? You're gonna go into like characters and stuff? <laughs> no, you gotta ask about like plot. Yeah, you gotta you gotta go go like Disney canon, not not like breaking the fourth. Who voice? I quit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got no boss man no more. Okay. Um, how many sisters did Ariel have? 
Ariel had seven. I don't know the answer to that, but I just I'm wow. looking up. <laughs> All right, well I guess this is just a screen failure, but I did want to talk about Disney because I love Disney. She has six and sisters. Ah, oh, damn. Oh. Damn. Damn, Tony gets a prize. I'm actually writing this down. Tony gets one prize. <laughs> No, it just want to be like a jack-in-the-box, but when you get it, it's a middle finger that says, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, they probably make those. Why'd you have to spoil the surprise, James? You really had to spoil the surprise. Am I going to get muted for that? No, no, I'm just going to kick you off now. <laughs> Melissa, do, do, do you, got, you got anything? Yeah, um... What is the name of Max Goof's arch rival in the second Goofy movie? Uh, uh, I know this. John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> Someone fill in the air, cause like I I know what it is. It's Bradley up across the third. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to come up with the faster one, but that's the only one I could think of. That was a tough one. Patrick, do you got one? Uh, who's the name of the actor that played Zorro in the original Disney series? Um, I'm just going right ahead and say, like, I don't know, Ontario Banderas. That was the movie. Boom! Ooh. Roast. Double stumps. <laughs> Roasted. Well, I'm Rats. just gonna go fuck myself. But so, so because we're we're, we're talking Disney stuff, um, we were actually gonna talk about our favorite Disney movies. It two weeks ago we did have it lined up as to why I hate Disney, but this is while while the D23 convention was going on, and I've learned to calm down. I'm no longer <laughs> mad anymore. But so we're just gonna casually talk about Disney, and if not Disney, our favorite movies, because I do know that Patrick is a little bit of a television file, so. Because <laughs> movies and television are the same. It's on, it's, it's, it's on film and it's on a TV screen. Things so, and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, well, this yeah. is a casual talk. So drop your True. Disney movies. Lion King, boom, drop. Whoa! Did it. you know that they're actually going to be making a television series based off the of Lion King? That's a terrible idea. Yeah, I don't know how I feel Didn't about they that. already have like a TV series about that? Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah. yeah yes, that was Pumbaa. so yeah, good Timon though. Timon Yeah. Yeah, like that was cool. Mm -hmm. I actually have some hope for this. Yeah. I, I actually think we're had... just seeing it and we're going, no, mm -hmm. Disney's gonna shit on it. TV sucks. But Timon and Pumbaa was dope. Aladdin was dope. Aladdin was great. The Buzz Lightyear TV series was dope. Oh, I like the Little Mermaid Lightyear, one. Um, what was it? Um, Star Commander. Yeah. 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 That video yeah. game was also very sick too. The Lion King. Yeah. Yep. For Sega Genesis. That game was so no, hard. That, oh, the Stampede? Do you remember the, the Stampede, stamp, the stampede Wait, level? Are you talking about Sega? Never mind, not Sega Genesis. I'm thinking Super Nintendo. The same thing. Oh. Lion King. Yeah. The Stampede level? Couldn't get past it. No. Yeah. Couldn't beat it? No. Well, that was at a time in which video games were like meant to be hard because like you had to keep attention. But like for right. no reason, all the Disney games that used to come out at, during that time were actually very on point. Oh, yeah. I had the same around. See, I'm a little younger than these old folks here, sadly. <laughs> so I have like, James is 18. Yeah. Yes. He's legal. So hit him up. We're staying away yes. from that. <laughs> you can't even be heard. But I have the uh, 
Buzz Lightyear TV show game for the Game Boy Color. Um, Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, like, it was a pretty good series. I remember having it on the PlayStation 1, and it was, like, pretty fucking decent. Nice. I also have uh, the Toy Story game for the N64, if anyone fucked with that. Ooh. I fucked with Toy Story 2, because Toy Story 2, that game was also very sick. I heard that it was super hard. Yeah. A Bugs Life? Anyone remember the Bugs Life game? I didn't play a lot of movie video games, but I definitely saw Bugs Life. <laughs> I'm glad you saw Bugs Life. What's, <laughs> what's your favorite Disney movie? What's my favorite Disney movie? Probably Hercules. Solid. Oh, okay. Solid. Hercules, I think, has the best soundtrack out of every Disney movie. No, Lion King soundtrack. Really? Lion King soundtrack. I mean, it's a tough one to argue, but... Elton John? I... Come on. Now, Elton see, I'm personally yeah. a fan of the Tarzan soundtrack. Yeah, Phil, Phil Collins. Yeah. Yeah. That's number two. My personal favorite yeah, is actually the Oliver know, like... and Company soundtrack because... Whoa, that's like, that's like older than me. It's like old as dirt. Does the That's So soundtrack count for anything? <laughs> what? Does what it's gotta be older than that. that you know so the year? Nah, Oliver and, Co Oliver and Company has to be, be like 92, 90. Are you sure? I'm 99% sure, because like I think that was like my birth year. My phone's broken, I... so I can't check it. Melissa, what you watching, White Girl on Disney? Um, I really liked a Goofy movie. That's probably one of my absolute That's favorite. That's a really good movie. Yeah, yes. it's actually, yeah. yeah. Love when he sprays yeah. the cheese in his mouth. Mm -hmm. yes. Oh yeah, I, I, I wanted that Leaning Tower cheese just right in my, right in my mouth. I know, right? Yeah, it makes so great cheese look so good, but... I know, right? It did. And, and then, like, you actually go to, like, you know, spray cheese whiz in your hand and then be like, uh, and then you realize that you made a really awful life decision. Really bad decision. Exactly. So, see, I don't fuck with cheese whiz, period, so... There was a goofy movie video game for the Super Nintendo that was awesome. Oh, there was? I, don't I didn't know that. that. Actually. I didn't play Nintendo 64 though. I played CD-ROMs when I was a little kid. So, uh, I had this game. I, I had like a. It was called Doom. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tony. You okay? <laughs> she was still talking. She was oh, talking. Good. I really interrupted, and I was like, oh, "Slow down." <laughs> no, you're good. No, but Timon and Pumbaa had this pinball CD-ROM game. Nice. And it was really cool because all the arcade games had like shooting the bugs to hit the. I remember third. that one. Yep. Yeah, there were like three or four of them, I think, in one game, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, good. That was a thing. Yeah. And all we That's had the four in the house game for Nintendo DS, which is like. Oh okay, my god. To... This is the second time that I had to keep muting people. My god. <laughs> I had this Disney CD ROM. It was called Disney Frenzy, and it had a bunch of really cool games on there. But the coolest one they had was it was this Mulan game. And all the Huns were like running down this hill, and you had to shoot fireworks at them. Okay. It was like Grand Theft Auto for Disney. I was just mowing Grand people Theft down. Auto it was so Disney. legit. Because you, so you were just slaying Huns. It was just boom, 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 boom. It was very cool. Now, does anybody remember the the um the Disney version of Tony Hawk, Disney Extreme Skate? That's a thing. What? You I have the Disney version of. I have the Disney version of Mario Kart. It was like Mickey Carter's. Oh, oh my god, I remember that. And Mickey had all Speedway. the original Disney characters. Yes, it was. Mickey yep, Speedway 64. Because I, I remember always going that. over to Blockbuster to remember to, to rent that on my Game Boy. Never there. The one time it was, when I was going to Florida. Guess who got it? Suck it, nerds. You still have it? <laughs> Did you ever return it? No, I had to, I had to re return it, sadly. No. 
But yeah, on your on your off time, guys, just look up um, Disney Extreme Skate. It has a pretty bomb ass soundtrack, and okay. it also um, just has like a bunch of Disney characters. And it also was where I had first got my fear of video game glitches, and it's actually a very real theme. And I will tell you guys that story after the show. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a real fear that I have. It's very okay. weird. But we're actually going to move on to our real show. Thank you to anyone who pushed through through that. You guys are really ideas. <laughs> <laughs> who wouldn't want to push through that? <laughs> True. Because <laughs> pretty much the theme was, it's just like, well, like, Disney. <laughs> and then just like, <laughs> there's no, like, solid theme to go along with it. Professionally conventional, guys. What's going on? <laughs> so in actual news that we're going to get into, um... People need to realize that just because you get upset at a band doesn't mean that it's actually viable. Um, yep. The Arcadia... The Acacia? The Acacia. Sorry. The Arcacia? Sorry, I, I thought I heard someone scream in my house. Um, Arcacia? Did, did I pronounce that wrong? The Acacia right. Strain, yes. You're good. The Acacia Strain, thank you everybody. <laughs> Recently had announced that they were going to go on tour. That's awesome. However, they were going to go into certain states, or they were going to go into certain cities, and some kid got really upset and was like, "Oh, you're not going to this to the city, so fuck you." What, quote for quote, didn't even book a northern NY venue on your tour. Fuck you guys. In a private message. Which they did. Which they did, and then the band had returned and said, "Fuck us. We're playing upstate concerts. We're playing upstate concert hall in Clinton Park." We play where we get booked. We drive anywhere from 4 to 12 hours every night to go city to city so we can play shows. Maybe you and some friends can hop in a car and take a very short road trip down to catch a show. That's what people used to do instead of crying on the internet about bands not playing fi uh, the five minute, the five mile radius around their house. I mean, valid. like, that valid. Totally yeah, agree. I mean, like, totally I, I, I want to tell, ask the group, like, oh, what do you guys think of the bands? But no, I think it's pretty, like, synonymous that, like, no, fuck the kids. Like I, I'm trying to think of counter arguments, but there there are none. Like it well, boils down. They booked a show in the area he was talking about, mm -hmm. so he lost from the get go. True. No, I, I, I mean, I mean, like Patrick, you you are a part of a touring band, so like you know the struggle of having to travel from city to city and trying to like like you know find a balance oh, yeah. of. Trying to get all of your demographic together within a certain state. I mean, it's like, hard. It's hard. Sometimes it doesn't work out. You know, sometimes it just you have to skip over someplace just because a venue is booked, or uh, you know, you don't have enough drive time from the last show. It, it's um, you know, a lot more goes into it. The band doesn't just get to go. Oh, I want to play here and here and here and here and here. I mean, it just doesn't work out. You know. Mm -hmm. Most I mean, of the like, time, it's not even the band that sets it up. It's their no. It's game. it's right. And I feel like that's what a lot of people don't know. A lot of people they just they hear band. They're like, oh, I wish I wish this band would play near me. And then they see that they're not, and they're like, oh, well, this band sucks. But they don't understand that bands don't they don't control. It. They don't make a lot of money. They you know they're on the road all the time. They're hungry. They're tired. They're in a cramped van. You know they, they try their best. And that's also the insane part, that kids really don't take into consideration. Like, a lot of people just romanticize bands to, like, superhuman size. Like, right. they don't realize that a lot of bands, even if they're signed, even if they're not, they're still, like, you know, sleeping in snow-covered vans on right. nights Or, like, sleeping in sleazy hotels, eating sheets oh, for food, sure. like, you know. All the time. Yeah. 
So that's so that's an insane thing. I mean, like, have you ever run into to the problem where you had fans say, "Hey, man, fuck you, bro, my state." What? Yeah, a lot. You know, a lot. But that's just you know people that don't understand the whole process. Mm -hmm. I mean, we ate cold Chef Boyardee every day on tour for our first two tours because we couldn't afford anything else. You know, um, it's just so much goes into it. You can't hit every place, unfortunately. Sometimes you don't have enough gas money to get, you know, when you're first starting out to get to that city. You have to, uh, especially if you're, you know, DIY. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. also a thing too that people like to forget. It's just like, oh shit. Like I have a job that I need to get to next week and my boss said I can't advance the paycheck. It's going to be ramen. And then people are like, Ugh. Right. Mm -hmm. Even heard bigger the bands fucking like, struggle with this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not the eighties. So. Now, um, quick question. What happened in the 80s? You know, bands made a lot of money, a lot of radio play. You know, People were more into rock music. Rock and roll, yeah. They had hot tubs in recording studios. Like, you couldn't make Almost Famous and set it in the 2000s? No way. Now, actually, that brings a great question that I would love to pick the mind about. Um, we do have a different, entirely different scene from the 80s to like, you know, today's and like, you know, to have the comparison that like, you know, the only way that you would be able to see your favorite rock bands or listen to the music of favorite rock, rock bands, especially the touring ones, if they're not very popular, would be through tours. Do you think that that the, um, the tour still played a central part in getting a band's notoriety up like it did back in the 80s or back even like the early 90s as it does today with the internet having so many download cards or like, you know, being able to find music on YouTube. Do you still think that touring is as a it, solidified, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's how you make your money. I mean, you don't make any money off album sales. You know, you make your money off t-shirts, you make your money off touring, you know. Um, there's nothing like seeing a band live, really, boils down to it. Um, I mean, it's a lot harder. It's not as easy, for sure. So many obstacles, especially financially. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's a huge part. Do you think that, that, that a band compared to what it was before are able to still gain popularity with little touring? Because, like, I, I do remember that, that there was a time in which I don't think this would have ever happened. If you guys remember, and I, Patrick, I don't know if you're going to be able to follow this analogy, but it's the only one that I have, so I do apologize for alienating, but you'll be able to get the, the core con concept. Um, when Seaway released Sabrina the Teenage Bitch, mm -hmm. everybody and their mother hopped on that shit on Tumblr because of pretty much varsity letters, a gif, and then a very angry cat catch line, make up your mind, stop fucking with mine. And I remember seeing that, and that had just caught fire, and everyone was talking about Seaway, like, right from the get-go, without even hearing the song, just looking at it and being like, oh, shit, this, this is popular. Yeah. If we, it, so, like, it, it, there, there's clearly a difference between, like, how to get popularity, like, between, like, like you know, having the live shows and, like, you know, having the internet. So do you think that, that like, by having, like, a quick meme to be able to get your, your, your name out, it's still comparable to, like, like you know, touring solidly? I mean, I think obviously some bands have done it for sure. I mean, you know, some bands have never played a show and they're huge, but it was um, me got signed to Rise Without Right. Same a lot of a lot of bands have, but um, you know, I, I think to maintain that popularity, I mean, you have to tour, and uh, 
You know, you have to play your music live. True, true. Hey, Melissa, you got any words? Um, I kind of left for a hot sec because my internet crapped out, but, um, I don't know. I think that the whole, um, meme gimmick, it's, it's a good strategy, but at the same time, a lot, I kind of seems, I don't want to say like luck to me, but it no, happens. How, missed, right. Yeah, it happens how it happens. And the... It's a lot more, I'm not sure if this was repeated while I was off for a, for a hot sec, but, um... It's more like a it, lukewarm second. Yeah, it's more accessible to have a lot of artists um, tour now and to be in the know than it was, like, in the 80s. Like, radio play is nothing anymore. No. I mean, obviously it's good, but it's... It's, and I, I mean, know. like, you, you're right, like, like, when we have, like, the, the, I wouldn't even say, like, meme campaigns, because I think I, that that was more, that's more of a statistic thing, um, internet campaigns, like, to defend pop punk. Yeah. God knows how, how important that was to Man Overboards, like, like, you know, rise to fame. I mean, like, they also did have great music, but they also did have that, like, defend pop punk with the gun, and all of a sudden it's mm -hmm. just, like, at the same time, they were also a steady touring band, though. If Man Overboard didn't tour, who knows how far it could have gone? It might not even exactly. Have made this well, yeah, been on, yeah. Well, this is a good, good, good talk. The only thing that I really want to have coming back from the '80s is just like more glam rock. If we had oh, more yes. glam bands, more, more rock and roll on the radio. That's yeah, too, but that, that's never back. gonna happen again. I highly no, doubt I abandoned it. Abandoned the radio a long time ago, but that's because yeah. like everything's really pop forty for me. I really don't have any like. The thing is, it's still possible to be a rock band and gain mainstream exposure. Oh yeah. Lies and Men had a number two album in the country. Issues charted number nine. How the Empire charted number eight. Bring Me the Horizon is huge. Oh yeah. They've transcended. They they're a success story. I can't wait. Are they getting radio play? Yeah, um, they Columbia, mean, not, they? not like gauging success by radio play, but like, are these bands like actually like like you know getting the radio play that they deserve? Uh, on rock radio, they're starting. To XM, yeah. Sirius XM. I heard Bring Me the Horizon on the random non-XM rock station recently. Actually, mm -hmm. I actually but heard that on... might be because they're on a major mm -hmm. label as well. Got it. I've heard Pierce the Veil and the Wonder Years on my alt rock station here in Detroit. So. That's interesting, Shit. but yeah. Hey, niggas, we we moving up in the world. <laughs> we made it. Yay. We made it. Just play All right. So we were talking about touring bands. We were talking about the respect that the bands deserve. Now, can we still have respect for the bands if they have ghostwriters? Transition. Recently in the news, I don't have the article up. So James, you're now going to be Ollie. Alright, so uh, Wayne Gunn from Paris, I guess, was accused of having ghostwriters on her. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> no! Hi, hi. So she tweeted, so she tweeted a picture of a girl, like a guy in a ghost costume, was like, "Hey, this is the ghostwriter we had," and then went on a giant rant about how, "Oh, we didn't have ghostwriters," and I think it's laughable how people records forced us to change our sound, and everyone is basically rightfully so siding with her. But it definitely brings up the important question, 
should you still be able to respect artists if they have ghostwriters? In my personal opinion, yeah, that's fine. Drake uses ghostwriters, and he writes some of my favorite music out there. And, like, it's always good to have an extra hand. Personally, my main thing would be to credit the person. Yeah. But I think credited co-writers are completely fine, at least in my eyes. I think it depends on what caliber you're at. Because, like, I don't know, if you tried to tell me that someone just wrote St. Patrick's Day and they didn't have a ghostwriter, I wouldn't believe you because that song is so fucking good. Um, But... If you're, if like your thing is your DIY and you're like, oh, I made myself. Like, if Max Bemis had a ghostwriter, I would be very like, you're such a phony. But I think other bands they can have it because they don't try to be something they're not. I think like if Escape the Fate had one, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. It's I, definitely I more acceptable in the metal core, post hardcore genre mm-hmm. because it's not a genre. I mean, it can be, but it's not as based in DIY ethics. And honestly, just writing with multiple people is always a good thing. Yeah. Like, you don't know what another person can bring to the table creatively. Well, I mean, like, again, with, with a lot of different music, I mean, it comes like a lot of different styles. Like, what was it? Like, the, uh, the members of um, Major League, and I'm not going to drop names because, like, I totally forget, but Nick didn't really write any of the lyrics to any of the songs. And when we look to a pop punk band that are like, like you know, singing lyrics, we expect them to like, like you know, have the same heartfelt problems that like, you know, they're actually singing about when he's just pretty much reading words on a paper that he didn't In that write. case though, it was someone in the band writing it. No, it was someone in the band, but if we're looking to a lead singer, we're expecting them to have like, you know, those trials. So I don't, I well, really don't. Well, Steve Klein wrote almost every song for Newfound Glory until his discharge, but. Now he writes it's music for Chuckle Cabin. It's true. Oh my God, he's losing <laughs> me. God damn. <laughs> but please come on the show, Newfound Glory. <laughs> <laughs> now, Patrick, Ghostwriters. Yeah. I mean, Secret Eyes, we, we wouldn't do it, but um, I mean, if all your you know, friends we, were we doing it, though, with, would you do it? If all my friends, no, I mean, if all my friends were jumping off a bridge, I, I wouldn't probably wouldn't do that either. But I mean, boy. so, you know, you work with producers and I mean, producers definitely help shape songs. Um, so, I mean, what's, I mean, what's the real difference, I guess, between having someone help you work on your album versus someone writing your whole entire song, I guess. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. To each their own, I guess. And I mean, it is, it like is you tricky. said, Drake. Like, I mean, like, it doesn't take away from you know some people, especially uh, their performers. You know, that doesn't take away for how they from how they perform. Um, I don't know. I I don't. We've never done it. I don't see us doing it. But um, I'm not gonna you know judge people to do. And that's and, and I think like like this is where there's actually a very gray area when it comes to to, to ghost writing. Mm-hmm. We, we we can look in the pop industry and see that there are like you know so many ghost writers like down to Beyonce who is yeah. known to have some ghost writing, some her own, and like everyone will still be like Bay. So 
we so we can take like like you know the same aspect and, like you know having bands that like you know are have are really genuine about the music have the same passion and then like you know if we were later found out that like you know let's just say coffee eyes by the wonder years where it was influenced or like you know co-written by somebody else yeah it would still have the same power there right right like, it's still a good song yeah mm -hmm. it doesn't lose i, I can see where you know a hardcore fan would be you know disappointed if they found out you know that it wasn't their lead singer, their idol, you know, that, that wrote that, but. I think that brings kind of a different issue though, if you are, I don't know, looking at it as in your idol is not making um, the music and. Right. You're like, oh my gosh, I totally like can't look at this person the same way. That's a completely different issue. I don't think that's to do with ghostwriting. I think that has to kind of border the lines of um, idolizing a person that's making music. And ten bucks, the same kids that are gonna get upset that they were to learn learn that are probably gonna be the same kids that were mad that they didn't play their favorite VFW hall instead of going exactly. to like, you know, the other yeah. concert hall that's like you know, fifteen minutes away. Yeah, I mean it, it happens a lot, so like, it is it is what it is. Exactly. When it comes down to it, music is art, and if there are other people that you want to bring in for collaborative efforts in order to make your music be your better. art better, then yeah. go for it. I think there's a fine line, though, when it comes to plagiarism or when, um, like Tony said, when you, you pretend to be somebody that you're not. Like, if I saw Max B and I have a ghostwriter that completely just, like, blows his persona out of the water and it's right. like, who are you? Right. So. What um. everyone else said. <laughs> same. Hashtag same. Hey, guys. Same, same. Good talk. I, I, like, I like these talks. I like these talks. So, like, we've been getting into, like, some pretty hardcore shit. Let's break all right, so we were talking about like you know kids making road trips to go see shows. I personally remember, and I'm gonna kick this off, and this will be the new subject that we're gonna talk about. Driving over to Penn State to see brand new pay play for free. I paid like a hundred bucks for a rental car, drove out three hours, saw a brand new play. My heart put put it put it put it, and then I just basically had gone home. So like it was a last trip, I took by myself, and I went home by myself, and I had a pretty decent time. So, that was a band that didn't play locally near me that I went to go see and had a great time. Let's break it open to the rest of the crowd. What the hell did you guys do for a very long period of time to see a good band of yokes? Who's starting this? You do. Anyone can, All right, anyone can so get I have, hands. I have two stories. Um, the first time I ever rode trips for a concert, was when I was still in my black phase. Um, I went to see Hailstorm in 2000 and, uh, yeah, 2012. Did you say phase? <laughs> my butt rock phase, yeah. Like how some <laughs> people have a scene kid phase, I had a butt rock phase. Butt rock, what? Can, can but, you define butt rock for me? Because this is I'm a not sure uh, Nickelback, Breaking Benjamin, Cedar, yeah. Hailstorm. Is that like Three Days sure Grace and Theory of the Man that, that That's mall rock core. Like borderline ICP. No, that's like dad rock, butt rock. Oh, I love gym, dad rock. Gym rock. <laughs> I love dad gym, rock. Gym rock. Patrick is no, out it's on not gym rock. It's not gym rock. <laughs> I consider it bar rock. <laughs> that's, it's, uh, am I frozen? Am I good? Hi. Um, so the first time I ever rode chips. Bye, James. Find out next episode. <laughs> so we can go to the Wellmont Theater. And after the show, I made my dad. I waited two hours outside to meet Hailstorm with my friend Charlie. And my dad was fucking livid. 
because he had to drive us home at two in the morning in the middle of a fucking blizzard. And he just ranted at me for a half hour about how I had the audacity to wait outside in Jersey to meet a band. In Jersey. So like how long have you and Charlie not been friends for? Uh, we go way back. We've been friends for four or five years now. Oh, so he is still your, your, your friend after this. Yeah, no, no, we're still Tomies. If you're watching this, I love you. <laughs> um, but we both had an amazing time, and it was like my second show ever, I think. Second or third show ever. Oh, and nice. This was like during my transition period, like my my last interaction with Dad Rock before I like, <laughs> went and became a pop punk metalcore kid. Your, I think your, I had your dad like, broke you uh, Dad Rock. Yeah, yeah, basically. Amazing. I had an Ambice and Men song on my phone at the time, I think. So, like, oh, the transition God. was, like, beginning. Um, Man, but you're gonna I, have to get But it was that show that, like, kind of made me want to go to more shows and do this for my life. And I'm now approaching okay. 100 shows. My 100th show is going to be this week, actually. With who? Uh, Echo Sun. Oh, 666. And the other story I have, funnily enough, is in New Jersey, was uh, this year at Skate and Surf. Um, I dropped like 200 bucks for Skate and Surf tickets, and yeah. I was supposed to stay with... Find out next. Out, so yeah. <laughs> Wait, James, who are you supposed to, to uh, stay during... with? Am I here? Yeah, you're And that friend ended up passing out during the... Wait, Claire? Another friend to let me crash on their floor, but that person couldn't house me for both nights, so I had to like. Man, James, this is find out next week. Nice <laughs> Melissa, we can't make that joke three times in a row. You, Too bad. God, you 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 tacky slut. <laughs> Whoa. So I didn't read. I went to skate and surf, and it was really hard finding floors to sleep on. Cool story, bro. <laughs> Melissa, was what was your... I saw much, man. Um, I went to Cincinnati for Warp Tour this past um, July, and that was like a five-hour drive, and it was like the coolest drive ever. Um, I am fortunate enough where I live in a city that um, I don't really have to travel a lot to go out of show to go like go see shows, so um, that was really. It was a really cool experience, five hours, and I think I'm gonna go see take. I'm gonna go to the west side of the state to see Taking Back Sunday in a couple weeks. That was sick, sick. Yeah, so I'm excited. For that. So, like, the longest you've gone for sure was like three hours. Um. Well, besides the Cincinnati show, which was five, legit, the longest has been an hour. Cause I live right outside of Detroit, like an hour from. At least you're fortunate to have bands nearby. Exactly, and I'm really thankful so for that. Yeah. Now, Patrick. Yeah. Um, so just over the 4th of July weekend, I drove seven hours to Chicago to see U2. And that was the best concert I ever saw, actually. Worth it. Wow. Where'd you see them? At Chicago. United Center. It was amazing. Their huge screen. Just best show I ever saw. But, I mean, I think it's fun to travel to different cities and explore the city, take a weekend, you know, see a band. Just, um, it's one of my favorite things to do, really. So, How I mean, packed I, out was it? 
What's that? How many people were there? Oh, so they played four nights in a row, and there was 20,000 people there each night. So Wow, that's actually pretty insane. They were saying, like, you know, $100 average a ticket, so that's like, what, you know? Absolute. Yeah, it's a, so it's a million. It's a, it's, it's, it's a choice amount of money. Yeah. It's, it's, it's enough. <laughs> but, it's I mean, I have went to uh, Philly to see the police on the reunion tour. Um, you know, I just moved to Pittsburgh not too long ago. Um, you know, I used to live northeast of there, so I would always have to drive to Pittsburgh to see a show, which would be like two hours. And when I was in college um, a while ago, you know, before they built Stage AE, it's a nice venue here in Pittsburgh. Uh, bands would skip Pittsburgh, and I'd have to drive to Cleveland, so it would be you know extra time. So my whole life, I've always traveled, and it, I don't know, it's fun. Just take your friends and go on the road, and just yeah, it's a good experience. That's actually really cool. I do have a question though regarding the U2 show, and I think it's just because I haven't exactly gone to a show that had like you know twenty thousand people at it. Or like you know, at like a mega complex, or like at a stadium. How was the process? Just like you know, seeing that many fucking people in one conditioned oh. place and seeing one show. It was. It, it was seems like it's breathtaking. Really, it's um, their live show is just it's so good. Uh, I was fifteenth row, so I mean it was it was a good seat. Wow. Really was it seated or was it uh, J A? Seated in, there was some upfront, a little bit of general admission. Okay. But, um, Those tickets were probably like 500 bucks for general admission, though. More than that, they were like over a thousand. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I love to have money to ball like that, but T Peps. All right, so last October, I saw Brand New for the first time. For the and first time? Yeah, for the first time. Well, I, I lived overseas for a while, so there was really no chance to ever see them. But they they did their first Southern tour since really starting to do shows again. So I bought my ticket immediately. I went with one of my best friends. Her name is Sarah. And we drove all the way up to Birmingham. We were in the car pretty much all day. We had to do like this weird like seat through Mississippi. And um, we got there. We missed the opener. It was foxing. Um, oh. Yeah, I missed Foxing. Yeah, so right? Much sex. So much but Symbols E Guitar played afterwards, and they're always phenomenal. But Brand New came on, and it was like the moment I've been waiting for for years. And it was, oh, oh baby, oh baby, oh baby. If you haven't seen Brand New live, you should go see them live because even okay. if you don't like their stuff, they're very good performers. They put on a show. But afterwards, we drove back. I had school the next day. Sarah had school the next day. Um, we lived hours away, and we're driving back. And we drop off her friends that we had to pick up in Starkville, Mississippi, in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. And we're driving back, and she goes, oh, hey, my low fuel light came on. Um, I'm looking for a gas station. But I haven't seen one in a minute, so let's hope one shows up. A couple did, but they were all closed. And we only had cash. Like we had we had cards, but we had nothing on our cards. So we were stuck with cash. Um, we broke down in the middle of the interstate at three in the morning in the middle of October. We didn't know what to do. We had to push this car into the median so we didn't get killed by semis. Um, 
we got out the car, tried to flag down other cars, and then no other cars were showing up. And we could hear, like, coyotes and shit <gasps> in the woods. It was yes! the most terrifying <laughs> shit ever. To make it worse, her phone was dead. She didn't have a charger. My phone was at 3%, and I had a charger. But her car was just so fucked up and so dead that it wouldn't even hold a charge. We got lucky enough to call 911 and have them send a dispatch. But if they had to call us and say, hey, we're having trouble finding you. Can you give us a more accurate location? We wouldn't have been able to because my phone was dead. Her phone was dead. We had, I thought I was going to die that night. <laughs> the coyotes were, would have picked up your phone and be like, oh, I'm sorry. First of all, false alarm. There are no people over here anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> That was, also it sounds like a pop punk punk song, like wrapped up into one. Mm-hmm. It was it was very Back terrifying. In October, when you <laughs> brand new, the car broke down, but you were near. Don't be afraid, my dear. Ollie, uh, why are you leaking the new real friends song? You'll never forget oh, I'm that. Not, I'm not allowed to say I don't like real friends, so don't even bring it up. <laughs> I've been banned by saying that I don't like real friends. Real friends don't come on the show. Hey guys, what's going on? We're Babe Talking. We're actually going to get into our interview portion of the television program. Or podcast. Or audio podcast. Um, this would be where I bring up sponsor information. Like today's episode sponsored by blank. But we don't have any sponsors. Yet. Now you can have an opportunity to showcase your shit on, pod, on our podcast. If you want to send us information as to becoming a sponsor for our program, send an email out to ali at babetalk.tv or james at babetalk.tv. We'll discuss things and we'll make shit happen. Hey, Patrick. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? You're doing all right? I'm good, bro. Uh, that's good. That's great. So we're going to start to interview you. The screen that I have here is going to be James, Melissa, and then Pony. Pony. What? <laughs> Tony. I haven't even been drinking tonight. I think that that's the issue. Then we have Tony last, and then I'll ask my questions. But to kick off everything, if we can, if you can just start by saying what band you're in, uh, the position you play in the band, your name, and just an overview of who the band is. Sure. My name is Patrick Gallagher. I play drums in Secret Eyes. We're a rock band from Pittsburgh, PA. Just came out with our debut album, Comatose, signed to Tragic Hero Records. Uh, they treat us great. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, bro. All right. So, I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad you're on the show. And so, oh, wait, James. Thanks Hart, for having me. Sorry, my bad. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good night. Right, I'm well, James Hart. I'm also glad that you're on the show with us today. Thank you. Um, but my question is, what went into the recording and writing process for Um, We've been working on this for um, almost four years now. Um, Damn. Just lots of, uh, we were in other projects um, that didn't really work out, you know, had a lot of life uh, situations, you know. Trials and tribulations, death of family members—you know, a lot, a lot happened to each and one of us, and um, we just kind of became comatose for a while and uh, numb to everything. And then we started to, uh, you know, write again, and, and all these um, these feelings and situations really influenced this whole entire album. Um, really, just 
uh, we never thought we'd really play again after our last project. And, you know, it's great to finally um, <clears throat> get it out there on a platform for everyone to hear. Um, recording process was awesome. We recorded at Atrium Audio in Lancaster, PA with uh, Carson Slovak and Grant McFarland. Uh, Grant used to play drums in a band called This or the Apocalypse. Have you ever heard of them? Yes. Yes, He's I have. Awesome drummer. Great to work with. Super stoked that uh, he helped produce the album. Uh, we recorded it all there. Uh, over, you know, almost four years it took us. Because um, we all had bills. We all had jobs. We all were getting older. So life kind of, you know, um, we weren't, tw you know, we weren't 22 anymore. So... Life took over, and uh, but here we are. We we made our album, and uh, it's out. And we're really happy that uh, Tragic Hero has picked us up. It really truly, that's great. So that's awesome, man. It's just like surreal to see that it took that long, and now it's like finally out and available for everyone to hear. Really happy. Really stoked. So Melissa's not here, so I'm going to jump cut. Is that cool? Okay, cool. Glad we're on the same page. All right. So you're talking about your first album, and it is your first album, but it opens, and you guys have Johnny Craig. And then yeah. it closes, and you guys got Craig Mavitt. Yeah. What is, what is that like, being a band that's starting to take off, and you're already making big moves like that? Uh, I mean, it's cool. It's pretty exciting. Uh, we actually we, we met Craig Mavitt when we were in our old band um, on 2000, in 2008, we played the Taste of Chaos tour uh, with uh, Bullet for My Valentine. He was actually, Craig was just um, jumped on the tour with Escape the Fate. So we've known him for a while. Uh, Seth actually um, managed a group called The Bunny the Bear. Have you heard of them? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have. He did that for several years and uh, he actually went on tour with them in the UK and uh, he got to even know Craig more there. So, I mean, we, we've known Craig for a while. He's a great guy. And um, just, you know, wanted to be on one of our songs. And um, we were super stoked to have him. Um, working with Johnny Craig was great, too. I mean, I know a lot of people have negative things to say about him. But, I mean, he was nothing but, like, a gentleman and a scholar to us. I mean, he's, he's just a really stand-up guy, too. It was just really awesome working with both of them, um, especially, you know, that we've all been fans of theirs, uh, you know, growing up too, so. And was that, was that weird kind of having them as like people you looked up to to now people you're working alongside? I mean, it, yeah, it was, it was surreal. It was, it was awesome. You know, it was really, a really fun time. Um, and the song we did with Jag too. I mean, we all, <clears throat> you know, are big Scala Drive fans. Um, and doing the song, Our Love with him, um, that was also very awesome. All three great guys, great to work with, really, really stoked about it. For awesome. sure. All right, so let's let's start to, to break down exactly, because um, like we were talking about earlier, um, you're pretty established within the music community for yourself. You're approaching like 30 year, years old. You said that you guys had different projects that you guys have worked on. Have you guys found like a like a, well, of course you found a niche as to how it worked, but like how is this now different from the projects that you were a part of beforehand? Like the process of what you guys are doing. Have you guys like you know toured di differently? 
what what made it work this time? This time, um, we found our sound. We finally found who, who we are as people. You know, um, <laughs> you know, even ourselves. And, and as a band, we finally found our, our signature sound. We, uh, you know, you just um, sometimes when people try to do different things, uh, too much is going on. We had too many, too many different sounds in our, in our old stuff. You know, it was all over the place, and uh, it just it just finally clicked. Like, you know, this is the way we want to go. We we, you know, kind of did the mix of you know the heavy and the soft, and the screaming and the singing, but. Uh, you know, we got rid of the screaming and <clears throat> got rid of the breakdowns and just kind of really just opened up and became ourselves. And it, it just it just flows. We just wrote the album. Now, now, can we take it back a little bit further as to like, you know, what personal projects have you been a part, part of in the past to, to bring you up to this moment? Uh, mainly, you know, our old, we had an old group called Hymns of Sunrise. Um, I mean, we played in that band for ten for almost ten years, right out of high school. Um, I had a project in when I was in college called Trees. It was an indie rock band. Um, I had another side metal band called Divider. Um, Seth has done a lot of solo stuff on his own. Um, you know, did work with the Bunny the Bear. So I mean, we've all kind of just found ourselves and uh, found the sound of our band. You know our sound. And sure. where and when did that sound come into play, James? I'm sorry. I oh, know. I'm sorry. Like when did we kind of realize that? Yeah, this is what we're gonna do. Like when? Like, like what year? Or what? Yes. Like when did like probably guys finally like hone in and be like? Two two thousand twelve, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Two thousand twelve. It's kind of like, boom. This is this is what we're gonna do. So. Should we let Melissa ask a question since you just got that? She got one. Okay, awesome. Um, kind of want to know how what was the process of getting signed to Tragic Hero? Um, you know, like you're always every time you record something, uh, you know, you always want to send it out to mm -hmm. to people, and uh, we've talked to them before a long time ago, but. You know, nothing that we had done before. It was just quite, you know, right fit. So just reached out to him, showed him, you know, uh, what we had. And uh, Tommy was, you know, interested. So, you know, we just felt like with the other bands um, that were on the label and that had been on the label and the success that they've had, um, that that would be a good fit for us, especially with that sound that we had, you know, just created. And it was just kind of like, boom, we're going to do it. Let's go. Nice. So just like all fit perfectly together. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, since you have been in the industry for so long, is there any advice that you have for bands that are starting out now? Don't give up, you know? Don't quit. That's... I mean, we could have quit a million times, but we kept kept playing, kept recording, kept trying. You know, uh, just don't don't quit, and don't don't ever settle. Just you know, try to be your best, and always try to be better. Always strive to be better. So just keep most importantly, just don't stop. 
Don't stop believing. <laughs> um, what did you use as the main source of motivation when you wanted to give up? Just that um, nothing I really wanted ever more was to uh, make people feel the way that I feel when I listen to music, you know. Um, music's so, such a powerful, powerful form of art uh, that can change your mood, you know, if you're uh, having a terrible time, you know, having terrible things go through your life. You know, music can give you an escape just for even a moment, you know, even half an hour, an hour to get your mind off of um, whatever's going on in your life and just make you feel better. And I, all of us have always wanted to be able to create art like that for other people and just wanting to do that, you know, <clears throat> that's what we wanted to do. So we never, we never stopped. And I don't think we ever will stop. Okay. So since you've been signed, how have you seen things change? Just the amount of exposure is just, um, it's great. It's finally, it's just so nice to have a platform to put your music out there. I mean, you know, we, you know, we, we recorded this ourselves and we could have put it out there ourselves, but you know, we, we wouldn't have almost a hundred thousand views on, Oh dear on YouTube, you know, if, if it was us, just mm -hmm. us, you know, just the connections, the, um, the, the the name that Tragic Hero has since you know it's such a good label, um, just the 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 way they can promote it. Um, also, you know we work with uh, Mike from Earshot Media. He's our publicity. Shout out to Mike for hooking this up. He's been great. Yep. Um, just really just having a platform to put everything out on. Definitely, definitely. It's good to have. Like you can have your own voice, but it's definitely good to be given a megaphone, you know? Right, exactly. I mean, it's just better that way. Reach more people. Ollie. Ollie. Sorry. I, I want to side, side the up. Never mind, I'll talk about it after the show. Um, so, um, what had sparked your... Um, wanting to get inside the music industry was there like any like concert that you had gone to was there something from your childhood that you realized oh i want to start making music so when i was in the fourth grade my mom told me that i had to do something and uh she really wanted me to play music um she wanted me to play the trumpet and i tried it for like a month and i, and I hated it it was the worst thing ever my lips were, were sore and um, there's some stupid spit valve and it would get all over your pants. Uh, I hated it, but I saw the drums and uh, I just, I really wanted to play. So I started in the, in the fifth grade then playing drums. And uh, then I remember, you know, I really, I liked it, but um, so <clears throat> I heard about this band called the Smashing Pumpkins and their album nice. called Gish, right. So I got a, you know, I, all my friends said, I have to get this album, you know, it's so good. So I got a ride to the mall and I went to this record store called The Wall and I bought uh, Gish by the Smashing Pumpkins and Jimmy Chamberlain, the drummer, just blew my mind. Like I, I didn't know anybody could do snare rolls like that. Uh, made me want to get a drum set like immediately. So I just spent all summer 
cutting grass all over town, saving money for my first drum set. And I just knew that I wanted to make a band. And after many failed attempts, um, finally hooked up with these guys uh, right out of high school. So and they had been, you know, wanting to do, do the same thing. So. So they had like the same drive in which you were, you were, you, you possess. And then yeah. like, these are the kids that I want to yep. go after. It's the same members ever since day one. Damn. Nice. Wow. That's that exactly. yeah. That's impressive. It is. And the chemistry that all four of us have is, I mean, we don't even have, we don't even talk at, at when we make songs or, you know, we practice. There's just, we don't have to, we know what to do. We know what it, you know, we just feed off each other, and it's it's just uh, it's something that you couldn't you couldn't really find anywhere else. Now, just touching on the relationship that you guys do have, you've been from being together for like you know now ten years. Has there has there been um, any rough patches from just normal like, like like you know? I mean, I hate can't stand my brother, but you know. Uh, you know, we're a family, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, people get in fights, and there's you know all kinds of stuff like that. But you know, uh, we all love each other. We're we're a family. We know that, and uh, you know, you fight with your family. They're another family of mine. So it's just kind of always like at the end of the day, you know, you might fight with your mom or your dad, but you still love your mom and dad. You know, it's kind of the the love we have for each other, which is it's it's a special thing. I think you get mad because you care. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's things happen, but nothing ever, you know, really crazy. That's good. That's rare. Yeah, that's no, rare to have that. No, like big nobody's ever, you know, like nobody ever banged anybody's girlfriend or anything like that. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So switching gears. Mutual back, respect. Switching gears back to the album a little bit. Do you have a favorite song off of the record? Oh my! I've I've been asked that a lot. Um, I really think that uh, I think that "Kiss for Kill" is my favorite. How come? Because it's actually a song that we redid from our previous group. Um, parts of it are and. Um, it just uh, turned out better than ever, and, and and I had low expectations for it to begin with when when the idea was pitched that we were going to maybe redo parts of this song, but it just uh, came out so good to me, and it just um, I don't know, it's a song that I, I get the most feeling from. That's honestly awesome, especially like since you brought it back out of the dead and made it better than ever. Yeah, I mean, it was dead. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, but going off of this album, did you have any musical goals that you wanted to meet in the brainstorming process when creating this album? <sighs> any musical goals? Like, personally or as a band? Either. <laughs> we'll go both. Yeah. We kind of like wanted to just make something uh, more enjoyable um, and go in one direction. We really wanted to go in one direction. Like, we were kind of 
our last project, you know, was very heavy sometimes and very melodic sometimes. So we, we were kind of torn which way to go, but um, for the better, and we all picked to try to go on the more of the melodic side. So that that was a goal. Um, one of my goals was like not to try to over overplay any parts, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we had a lot of personal go goals, but um, I think just the, the direction we went in, okay. that was the main the main goal, and we we succeeded that, okay. with that. Was there anything you guys were listening to during the recording process where you were like, "We need to sound like this. We this sounds good." Like I, I know, like. Like I'm not saying like copy someone else. Right, right. Like, right. I mean, weird, we definitely like, have a influence. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I can't really pinpoint anything like directly during the album, but I mean, we all we have a lot of influences. Like uh, one one of mine main, and I think all of ours as a band is uh, Circus Survive. We love Circus Survive. Yeah, I was definitely noticing that. Like I wanted to compare you guys to Circus Survive, but I was like, no, but it's definitely there. It's definitely there. <laughs> I mean, Anthony Green's awesome. We've met him several times. Uh, we played South by Southwest in 2010 with our old band, met him there. Um, I mean, they're just, we actually played Warp Tour with them too in 2005 when they were brand new. Nobody, he, I think he had just left Sayosin. Um, so I mean, That's we, we've been listening. Yeah. Listen, it was on the Ernie Ball stage. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we all each have our own. Individual influences. Um, Circa, I mean, you know, we, we like Coed and Cambria. That's one we all like. Um, kind of listen to a lot of different stuff, really, all over the place. But. Yeah. So, on a separate note, or unless Ollie, you can, you can go ahead and feel a question. No, 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 you're good, kid, you're good. Um, going back to kind of like persevering and everything. And how you guys got started. If you could go back and you could tell like you or pretty much anyone who's trying to do what you were doing, what advice would you give yourself? Oh my. <laughs> um that's like what the hardest question ever. <laughs> uh don't date that girl. <laughs> like what's some, like what's something you wish someone would have told you about? Something that I wish somebody would have told me about. Really, like, just don't, um, don't, don't stop. Just keep going. Um, don't put, you know, off your your, your whole life. You know, um, you can focus on other things. It doesn't have to be just one thing. But just, just don't stop. Um, really, and just that's the ma the main thing, really. That I can think of. Keep the ball rolling. Keep the ball rolling. Um, you know, because it, it's obviously not easy at all. It's really hard. No, it's not. Especially when you're, in, you know, in a crowded van with three other dudes, and you, you, you all haven't showered in days, and you're eating cold ravioli and bread from Walmart. You know, that's stale. So. Do you get a a, a discount if you if they sell stale? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Maybe that's something I, I would have liked to know back then. 
<laughs> well, actually, you brought up a, um, my next trip. Well, my question that I wanted to ask is touring life. How did you guys know when it was time to start touring and start start to start to branch out? So, like right after high school, we just started writing, like you know, right away that summer. That's when we decided to be a band, and um, we wrote twelve songs and. We borrowed some money from Seth's brother, and we went to a uh, studio in Lockport, New York, called Watchman Studios, where we did our first first several albums. Uh, we recorded in seven days. We did twelve songs, and uh, wow. you know, then we we booked a hometown show, and we we had like you know over four hundred people come, and uh, we just started playing locally, and then uh, we got voted on the uh, Ernie Ball stage. For Warped Tour that year, so that was kind of like, you know, yeah, we need, we should probably start to tour. We should and, probably start, start, start to play more shows. Yeah, so kind of that was the, the eye opener and just the reception, you know, that we had from our, our first album with with the old project. So that also brings a thing. How 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 were you guys grassroots? Like how how was your were, were you guys a DIY band to start off with a? Yeah, I mean we did it, we did everything ourselves. We never we, you know nothing we've ever been in until now. Excuse me, you know has been helped by anybody else except for us. True. <clears throat> so like how how was the experience, especially in, in a genre that's not exactly looked upon as like a huge like you know compared to the punk rock scene or the rap scene in which like you know there's always a show going on or within a certain genre how was the scene for you guys in pittsburgh it was pretty good actually yeah. i mean pretty pretty good really i mean that, that was a time you know like bands like chiodos were coming out um you know skylight drive i mean the Alsana, you know, the, the, the screamo thing, which we used to do, was going on. So, I mean, it was pretty well received. Pretty well received. Uh, okay. So, you know, then we ended up playing Taste of Chaos 2008 also. Uh, we did a thing called Bodog Battle of the Bands. It was a really cheesy, like, uh, reality TV show on Fuse for a while. So uh, we did that for a year. We got like, we were in the top 17 out of 7,000 bands. Um, so, I mean, we did a lot of stuff that kind of, you know, had some good, good reception, but, but the music wasn't what, uh, you know, it wasn't up to par until now. So you guys are, are, have made national television day debuts. Is that correct? Yeah, we did. Yep. Oh, look at you guys go. I actually did not know, know that. That's pretty cool. I mean, it, it could have been worse. You could have been on a different fuse show. You could have been on Dance Off, Pants Off. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to get on that show, but it just... Yeah, right. <laughs> Tour, uh, asshole, that was, that, that, that was your choice. <laughs> I, remember, I saw that show one time, and there was, like, a clown stripping, and I was in sixth grade, and I wasn't comfortable with it. And You're all showing your age here. That's traumatizing. Yeah. It was very traumatizing. <laughs> <laughs> I was discovering sex and a clown was stripping. <laughs> That's weird. Maybe you yeah, should talk weird. to somebody about that. 
I do. Speaking <laughs> of discovery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, no one here is going to get this. No. Let's just move okay. on. Yeah, let's move back. Um, uh, it'll rain for I'm well, still thinking about this clown. Anyway, so. Yeah, sweet. Nice. Alright, so... This is kind of continuing. Is there, like, anything you wish you could go back and tell yourself ten years ago about the industry? Oh, man. That it's it's crooked and that it's hard and there there's people that will fuck you over. Um, but also, you know, that, that it seems like it's gotten better than it, than it was. Um, For sure. You know, like around 2006, 2007, 2008, I mean, it was pretty, I think a low, really low point. And that's kind of when we started to lose, you know, steam and motivation. Um, I guess I would have told myself, you know, just that uh, it's going to get better. And just, even though that we did stick it out, um, to just kind of have better spirits about it. Okay. So just like, hang in there, kid. It'll be okay. Keep your head yeah. up. Yeah. Right. I knew you were going to do that, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pop punk trash. I'm very sorry. Cool. I feel you. Melissa. Yeah, kind of going off of that. Um, if you can say, uh, with your experience in the industry, how have you seen it get better? seems just like, uh, you know, in 2008, you know, there was no way you could really get signed to a label. I mean, bands were, you know, labels were dropping bands left and right, you know. Um, I just, I feel like it's, it's, it's more fresh. Um, you know, there's, there's better, better music. I feel like there's um, better support from labels. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely not... 100%, but I think it's just, it's turned around a lot mm -hmm. since then, for the better. Yeah. We're a long way from all-time low dropping them, like their major label. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, that. Um, I had a follow-up question with that. You brain farted me at all-time low. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, actually, yeah. you know what? Let's Let's start to ask... Patrick, about ships real quick so that we can get into a song showcase. Sure. How was the, the, the video production? Because now you, because everyone here should be able to go over to Secret Eyes video for ships. It's going to be available on Tragic Hero Records. You can go onto YouTube, look that up, and then watch a video. But let's <laughs> talk about the process actually for, for the video in itself. What was it like shooting a fucking video? Because that's just cool. The ships video was the coolest thing that I've ever done, actually. When Alan told us that he was building us a ship, I, I laughed in his face. <laughs> okay, the song's called Ships, you want to build us a ship? He's like, no, I'm building you a ship. And just being in that video, I mean, I, I felt like I was like Russell Crowe in Master and Commander. Um, <laughs> they had it rock back and forth, all right? So they, they, we had, they had people pushing it back and forth on both sides. So I have we Seth and I have motion sickness. So we're trying to play, 
we're going back and forth, back and forth. Um, but I just couldn't believe how well done the set was. Um, they, all that wood grain that they, 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 they painted that whole thing. I mean, that none of that's wood. It's all, they painted all that. But I mean, I just felt like I was on a, on a ship in the middle of the ocean at one point actually. So I'm playing here and Brian's off to my right and he has this gigantic bass amp. It just falls on me when they're, they're this crushes my shoulder. I, I fall off the drum set. Oh, it hurts so bad. So I had to play, you know, the rest of the, the set, um, with a bum shoulder. Mm. But I mean, it was so much fun. <laughs> but being the, drum, the being the drummer, it's the hardest because you have to play the whole time. So they mm. film it from you know front to back. So they'll they'll get Seth and Jared first, and then and then they'll get Brian, and they'll do a bunch of shots all together. But I have to play the whole time, and I'm the, actually the only one that has to play. You know, because if I try to not play, you know, you can't fake playing drums. You you can. Yeah. So. I mean, like 12 hours straight of playing drums, like I was just ready to die. And it was hot as hell in there. Like it was over 100 degrees for sure with those lights. But I mean, it was totally worth it. It was definitely the most fun thing I've ever done. Oh, it was a badass video. The actors did great. Jake, Jake and Lou, I mean, they, they just, and Alan and um, coming up with the concept. The, uh, the, the captain with the blue suit, at the very end, you, you'll see the little statue. That's actually, from, Alan had that in his bathroom as a child. Really? Yeah. Uh, so circle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've noticed not a lot of people put emphasis on music videos anymore. But like, it's all about lyric videos. Now. Yeah, it's like lyric yeah. videos or like live footage. But you guys did like a real video with a real storyline. Two real videos. And, yeah, two real videos. Going to be a third. There's going to be a third. And there's going to be a third. Get the fuck out. Yeah, but it's 2009 all over. Get the fuck so out this podcast. <laughs> it really is 2009 again. Oh yeah. Right. Like it's the consistency it's it's, and it's, it's refreshing. It's refreshing. It's it's a it's a great way to promote an album. You know, it gives excitement to it. Um, and and a nice visual effect. You know, before we you know could start touring. So I don't know. I I, I like the approach we did, and uh, we're definitely doing one more, maybe two. So. Well, let's draw some knowledge on ships. If you want to tell the the, the, the listeners and the viewers real fast um, the story behind ships, and then we'll play this bitch out for everybody. Yeah, I mean, so it's a guy, um, you know, having a hard time in life, uh, struggles, trials, tribulations, you know, that we all go through. He um, falls asleep in the you know in the bathtub, whether you know it's it's uh, on purpose or not. I really don't know. Kind of like one of those things, you know, up for uh, interpretation. But um, he dreams that he's on a ship and he's made to walk the plank. Uh, the underwater scenes uh, <laughs> were shot at a YMCA pool, believe it or not. Well, that was pretty cool. That's pretty sick, actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then he, uh, he wakes up, you know, and he just freaks out and just... Uh, realizes that he has a second chance at life and you know that he can overcome these things that he's, he's stronger than these things and i'm guessing that ties back to what the song is about as well 
Right, exactly. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, for your listening pleasures, see good eyes with ships. It might take me a few seconds, but we're going to get there.
はい。はい。さあ。ジェームズ、ジャンプ、ジェームズ。I can't hear you.、So, hi. Alright, so I think Ali died a little bit. Oh no. So. He can't hear us. So I'm just going to、uh, finish this podcast up.、Um, seriously, Patrick, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. I hear words. <laughs> <laughs> Am I too late? No, you still have time to ask him if he has anything else to say. Hey, Patrick, you got anything more to say? <laughs> Any new news? Anything that you want to drop before we're going to head off the air? If you haven't already picked up the album, please pick up the album. I would really appreciate it. What's that album called, kid? Comatose. And where can you find it? You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Merch Now. You can find it on Amazon. And I just want to thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. Stop! Thank you for, for coming on and agreeing and being an awesome guest and playing some awesome music and having、yeah. some awesome things to say as well. We've had. Ooh, I'm not allowed to talk shit on people. You were also. You were very good. You were a very great guest to have on. It's very refreshing seeing people in a different genre that we're not exactly used to seeing still being about their community, still having the passion and still having the the drive to want to become better people and not just like you know. Band's tight, money's cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's not like we had a guest、right? on there. True. Yeah, get fuck, fuck bitches, get get money. You know. So anyway,、um, just one final bit of information because I didn't know this, and I'm pretty sure we all could appreciate some facet of it.、Um, Nick Collis is apparently now a knockout kid. Yeah, my boy. And knockout kid signs a bullet tooth. It's、and、so fucking tight. That is tight. Nick Collins is a is a bro of ours. So hey, good job on you, kid.、Um, and that's where we're going to end tonight's show. We're going. If you guys want to jump on to Babe Talk again, send information to Ali O L I at Babe Talk TV. We will soon be going on hiatus to try and get new bands to come on and everything along the lines of that. If you like what you、September、saw here now, September thirtieth is our last show before we take a break. For. A little bit. It's gonna. It's gonna be a little bit. Not too sure when we're gonna come back on air, but we will be back on air. We'll be better than ever. We might have a brand new web website. We. I might be a whole different person. I might be replaced by somebody. Who knows? Ali might be dead. Who knows? I. I might be dead. Bury me in the trash if you find me dead. This is baby talk, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, from me, Tony, Melissa, James. Um. Everybody have a nice night. Again, Patrick, nice talking to you, and we will see、Thank、everybody.、You. Let's hope next week. Good night. Yes. Bye.